Okay, everybody, welcome back to this week's podcast. And this week it's going to be a little bit uh, different to what it usually is laid out like. Um, if you have noticed over the past few weeks, I've been extending offers and opportunities for people to uh, to come in and actually interview me and, and have not only their own questions asked, but questions that they may have got from other people. Anyone who's interested in this is very welcome to uh, contact me. It's chris at awakenedintent.com. And I just think it's an interesting idea because it gives us the opportunity to reach more people and to have different qualities of conversations with different individuals. And I think from that place, uh, it's going to be very beneficial in being able to pull different types of information from me in terms of the work that I do and what it is that I talk about. So this week, and the first person who has taken me up on that offer is Jesper. So Jesper is here with me right now, and he's going to be uh, conducting the interview. So if you want to introduce yourself a little bit. Absolutely. Hello there. <laughs> My name is Jesper. I'm, I'm from Sweden, and I've been listening to Chris for maybe a year or so. And... Uh, yeah, I just saw, saw the opportunity to to make an interview, and I asked around my friends and some people I know, and we have some some pretty cool questions here. So I hope you you're gonna be able to answer a few of them. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Nice. So you want to go straight to the first question? Yeah, let's just wing it. Let's just let's just go with you know whatever comes up. Yeah, cool. So um, this is an interesting one that I've been thinking about myself because i've been reading books about you know self-help books and stuff like that for a long time uh, and uh, you know books like the secret or the law of attraction what the mind thinks it creates um, and i always wondered what your thought on that is uh, if you can create your reality by visualizing and thinking like positive thoughts reality is really only going to listen to and follow something that is based within reality because otherwise it's going to have a very difficult time in readjusting itself to follow the direction of confusion and what i mean by that is things such as the secret and the law of attraction and positive thinking these can be all well and good and they're wonderful if you're into selling things to people because yeah. it can be quite cutesy and it's you know it's pretty and it's fluffy and it says you can change your life with these little techniques but what people really fail to realize is the importance of basing your engagement with yourself with your own energy and with your intentions and that which you want to attract basing it in reality and what i mean by that is if an individual is very unrealistic in their lives. And I don't mean this in terms of wanting to achieve something great and magnificent. That's nothing to do with being unrealistic. I'm speaking directly to the self-trickery and the lies that people tell themselves. The fact that someone wants to do their own spiritual work and grow, 
but is refusing to look at the nitty-gritty unconscious aspects of themselves that is actually dictating the misery in their own life. So for a person really to start creating something of, of, uh, of beautifulness and something that's in alignment with them, the number one starting point and the middle point and the every point is being totally real and always looking for how can I get even realer with myself and with my life? Because the realer you get, the more simple you get. Because the reality is simple. When we start to complicate things, that's when we start to get very unlike reality. So with the secret and with law of attraction and all of these things, positive thinking can be positive thinking can ruin somebody's life and i've seen it happen so many times so many of the spiritual people and the spiritual teachers and the coaches that i come in contact with just through the work that i do they're completely befuddled in this kind of watery mess of their own self-trickery inside they're hurting Inside, they're deeply confused, but they want to appear like I need to be in alignment with the law of attraction, so I got to think positively, even though everything in me is falling apart. There's nothing spiritual about avoiding the realist part of yourself. Now, I don't necessarily know exactly what uh, your question was looking for what the question was actually asking me, I just heard the secret and law of attraction and positive thinking. <laughs> yeah. That, it's very important that if you really want to start creating, because energy follows thought. This is something that I've, I've known for years and, and that was fed to me when I was really starting out earlier in my journey um, by a Qigong master that I had. But I never really, I never really wore it if that makes sense. I heard it and I listened to it and I nodded my head, but I never committed to it in every single aspect of my life. And as soon as I started to commit to it, I started to see the difficulty that I would have when I was attempting to create something that I wanted. Because instantly all the things in me that didn't believe that I was worthy of it or that it was even possible, started to to come up in me the secret to the secret is that you actually need to engage with all of your doubt all of the parts of you that tighten up and get tense when you start to tell yourself i want a million dollars or whatever it is that you think you need in order to be happy that's a good answer um, and not so much thinking, it's far more important that a person is feeling the vibratory rate of that which they are looking to attract because you never attract what you want. You're only ever going to attract what you're being. This is the part that people miss. So you need to actually come to a place internally and from a vibratory standpoint, where you're already being that thing that you are looking to attract into your life. That's mm -hmm. the only way it can actually come to you.
And you change that by facing your emotions more than trying to change your thoughts. It's almost like you're creating that which you are attempting to attract. You're creating that inside of yourself first via your own ability to stay present with what you're attempting to create, feeling your energy and your mood and your emotion shifting internally in your body as you're starting to play with these intentions of, you know, I want, I want to meet this type of a partner in my life. Really feel in your body what it feels like to have that partner there with you right now laying down beside you. How does that make your body feel? Because that vibration will start to become you and then everything will start to become attracted to that. Hmm. And this is the actual explanation when, when the kind of new age spiritual people throw around quotes like your vibe attracts your tribe. Hashtag also spiritual. <laughs> um, <laughs> This this is kind of the deeper explanation to that. But okay, many so people, and I just want to preface that many people are not even aware of their vibe. They are confused and they think that their vibe is something that it is is that it is not at all. And I again I see this and I work with this in a lot of people who come to me who are spiritual coaches or teachers. Their ego and their identity is this, this is my vibe. This is who I am. But it's nothing to do with what they're actually presenting to anybody, even a little bit awake enough to see them. So people need to be accountable and responsible and real with themselves first. So then you're, then you're in a clean room. So you can start to build in that clean room. But if your room is full of junk that you can't even see, it's going to be very difficult to have life and energy follow you in the direction that you would like it to follow you nice <laughs> so basically if you would tie the bag on all this thing is to not not really think your think your way to a to a great life or to what you now want or more to to feel yourself and then to to change the, the feeling in you instead of the thought patterns in you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Use a simple intention. Just, just get the idea in the mind, almost like it's a seed. The mind has the seed that you created in the mind, and then you drop the seed into the body, which is the water or is the, the, the earth in this case. So go to the mind to create the intention and then start to feel that intention roll through the rest of your body. That's how you can start to very practically create what it is that you're looking to create. And mm. dealing with all the roadblocks and the pain and the anxiety and the frustration that comes up in you as you're even attempting to sit with yourself in that way. Great. Yeah. Was that clear? That was very clear. I don't think I have anything to add on that. <laughs> cool. So if I may move on. Mm -hmm. um, last week I was at a sports center here in the city where uh, I met a trainer who teaches people who, who are very sick mentally and uh, 
she told me right now, this is just in Sweden, but every day in Sweden, a thousand people walk home from work because of burnout. And, um, you know, people are burning out. It's a huge problem right now. And how, why do you think that is? And how do you deal with someone who is completely burnt out? Is it, because uh, I, I don't really know. They, they thought uh, yeah, exercise was the best thing to deal with it. But I think you have a different uh, opinion on that. Well, we're not designed to be burnt out. So if anything is burning you out, all that really is pointing to is the sheer level of abuse that the individual is placing onto themselves or the sheer level of unconscious engagement with themselves and how they're utilizing and using and overusing themselves in their own life. People getting burnt out is always the result of not listening to your body and to what is right for you. The reason people are fatigued and burnt out is because they continue to toss themselves into environments and situations and jobs that was never intended for them as a human to be doing. It was never intended for them individually to be doing. It has nothing to do with what was intended for them. So as soon as you get up and go against your nature, because a group of people have told you that that's what you should do, or that's called working hard, or that's hustling. As soon as you do that, you start to sacrifice yourself. And slowly and slowly and slowly, you start to ultimately kill yourself internally but really slowly this starts to to when the energy drops enough it starts to go into a form of depression energetic depression within the body because now the person's nature and their spirit and their life force is not being expressed the way that it was intended for it to be expressed so as soon as it's, it's like taking a fish and saying, hey, fish, go walk to the shop and, and, and buy me something. The soon as you take the fish out of water, the fish is already so in alignment with itself because it isn't burdened by having a brain like ours and living in a society like ours that the fish will die in a matter of, of moments on land because it's so in alignment with its nature. But as humans... It's almost bittersweet that we can deal with so much that is unlike us, that we can be taken totally out of our natural environment and placed into tower blocks and offices and made sit in horrible postures and completely just shut down. But we can do that for a certain amount of time because society has designed things that we can consume in the form of pills and tablets and drugs and science that will keep us functional from a physical standpoint for as long as it possibly can, just to get the job done. This is why everyone is so miserable, because life is hard, apparently. But everything is going to be hard when you don't listen to yourself and when you go against yourself. 
And when you completely compromise your own life for what other people expect of you, that's why you get tired. That's why you get burnt out. Energy is simple. You're either gaining it, it's either being restored and increased and magnified, or it's being drained from you and taken from you, turned inwards and downwards and depressed in you. And then the physical body starts to suffer greatly, including the mind. Yeah. Wow. That was good. <laughs> but um, so, so, like, ever, just, to, just to confirm here, everything I say is really about are you willing to listen to yourself and get real? Yeah. And just do that. But this is how fucked up the society and the cultures have become that just doing that is so terrifying and difficult for us as individuals. Yeah. And that's kind of get like, how do you deal with someone who is burnt out? Because most people are, man. Like everybody I know are tired all the time, including myself, like feeling tired from working, from uh, meeting people, from doing this and that. And it's uh, it's difficult, or maybe it's not probably super simple if you... It, if it's, you it's, it's, it's having this conversation with the person. I've worked with many, many people in this state having a real conversation with them where you're speaking to their heart, where you're speaking to the authenticness in them, where you're bringing love to that part of them that they have so deeply neglected and walked away from. This is how you can help the person. Because if you can't see what's going on, then you really can't help the person. Trying to help these people, you know, they'll say, you know, go lay down or, or go take this more vitamin C, take a multivitamin so you can continue slaving and being an idiot in your life because you weren't put here to be an idiot. Helping someone like this is speaking to the heart of the matter, speaking to the humanness, relating to it, empathizing with it, and letting them know and inspiring them enough just to, to trigger that energy in them to start opening up. Most people just need permission to lay down, just to sit down and to take a break and just to relax and to look after themselves. One of the most difficult things I have initially when I work with someone is convincing them to be a lot more selfish because it's seen as such a negative thing to be selfish, but... It's the only way. Nutrition will have a big part to play in it as well. Every single way you're treating yourself will have a big part to play with it. Being in front of screens a lot is going to really fatigue you just based on the energetics of it, how so much of that energy is being leaked through the eyes and it's pulling you up into your head and then you start to leave your body and then you start to get deeply unconscious and you get caught up in things that you're not supposed to be getting caught up in. The people you're around, the conversations you have with people, this is also you know, going to have a big impact, especially for, 
for women in a different way and for men in a different way as well. Well, that's just because we process stuff a little bit differently. But a person really needs to want to love and take care of themselves. Because this is how we can become very powerful and very beneficial to the planet when we're full and when we're taken care of. It's not supposed to be difficult. It's not supposed to be hard. But a person really needs to be willing to put down and walk away from everything that is crazy that they have committed to in their life. And for the most part, it is the majority of their life. And it becomes quite scary to realize if you really choose to take on this spiritual exploration and commitment that you will lose a lot of things that are currently in your life. But it's beautiful because a lot of the things that are currently there are are a part of what you feel the way you feel. Yeah. You were talking about uh, screens, yeah. like yeah, iPhones and stuff. And that's something that, that kind of caught me because I spend a lot of time checking Instagram and watching Netflix. And that's usually because I don't know what else to do when I have like a day off or a night off and uh, I don't have anything planned. I'm just like, so am I just going to lay here and do nothing or... So what would you be? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, because that's something that it's very hard. Like if you have like say four hours and you have nothing to do, why do you, you need to do something? I don't know because it feels weird to just lay down for such a long time. <laughs> so, so and you don't have to lay down. You can walk. And you can breathe. Oh, you can you can do stuff. <laughs> you see. <laughs> The question that you're asking me is coming from the deeply ingrained habitual distraction that you have been accustomed to, that most people have been accustomed to. People always need to be distracting themselves. This is one of the biggest factors between you leaving yourself and leaving your intelligence and leaving your energy when you're distracting yourself. So I always tell people that getting comfortable being utterly bored is where you will see the most progress in your life. This is where you'll see the biggest transformation from a spiritual standpoint. The biggest transformation about you starting to get a deeper understanding of how you function and how you work. Because rarely does anyone anymore allow themselves to be bored. Mm. It's impossible for someone to be bored because if they do and they can't grab their phone, they start to feel anxious. They start to feel uncomfortable. They start to feel twitchy. That's good because that's the, the, the neurotic and toxicity from an energetic standpoint actually purging itself from the body very quickly so you can come back into balance and homeostasis and presence and, and settle down. It's like any addiction. You need to go through it. You need to purge it so you can finally be at peace. I'm not saying to totally walk away from it because technology is wonderful for what it can be used for, such as just this interview as an example. 
um, me being able to reach the amount of people I reach, you being able to share your music with who you share your music with. The internet is wonderful, but you, you have to balance it with real life because it's not real. What's real is you sitting in that room right now with your ass on the chair, with your shoulders a little bit tight, holding them unconsciously. So drop them. Take a deep breath. You see, I feel you. I, I feel where you're caught up because I'm being with you energetically. I don't have to see you or look at you. That's what's capable when we really start to go into the deeper sensitivities that we all have available to us. That's what happens when you're not living your life utterly distracted. When you go through the purge, you'll find deep pleasure just sitting down and feeling existence rolling through you. And I realize how woo-woo that might sound or how abstract it might sound to somebody who just has no comprehension of it or understanding. But I still don't want to neglect saying it. The most delicious part of life for me is just being able to chill out with existence and feel it physically overwhelming me and moving through me from the top of my head to the tip of my toes and the entire room that I'm in. This is what starts to happen when we slow down and cut the distraction. Yeah, that's beautiful. Be bored as much as you can and go through the pain and the uncomfortability that comes with it because you'll learn about yourself. And for the science people out there, it's already been proven scientifically that your levels of creativity and specific hormones and, and your uh, anxiety levels all start coming to optimum levels and optimum places within the body and the mind and the, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system when a person starts to go into idleness. I strive for being idle the majority of the time. Even right now I'm speaking to you, but I'm being in a state of idleness. What is idleness? <laughs> it's being idle. It's like turning your TV on standby. Okay. It's like pausing the screen or pausing the movie. It's just there hanging out, ready to act, but it's not turned off. It's on, but it's waiting. But it's, yeah. it's you're idle. Not, but you're not doing anything. Hmm. Because when you can start to hang out in these spaces, you start to download so much more communication and intelligence that life naturally has to offer to you. The distraction is getting in the way of your intelligence. But people go to distraction and information with the hopes of becoming more intelligent. It'll give you more information and you'll be able to speak like Jordan Peterson for a while. But that in no way means you're intelligent because if you look under the surface, Jordan Peterson is on a concoction of antidepressants, has autoimmune disorders, and is deeply sick internally. But he's a strong mind, which is needed in a specific society that values that. But in terms of deep-rooted life intelligence, it's, it's very limited. Mm. That was just an a, a off-topic example that came up in me as I was speaking. But 
I think it will be able to be felt more by people if I use that type of a metaphor. That's yeah, not what intelligence is. Hmm. That's, a, that's a party trick. Intelligence is being able to sit here on one side of the world and move something on the other side of the world with somebody else and have them go into a completely life-altering experience where they feel existence moving through their body in the most blissful and orgasmic way. That's intelligence because that's what you're connected to. That intelligence is what allows me personally to do the work that I do. It's nothing to do with my mind or any technique. It's just being in connection with myself, being in connection with life. That idleness and that boredom will assist the individual in, in coming to that place. So would you say that the sense of self is more something that's in the body than in the mind? And is, do you think it's also something that's can't be destroyed? Or do you think it's a temporary thing that exists with this body and when the body dies, the self dies? That was two questions, kind of, but it just came up now. So, so look at even the words, the sense of self, your sense of self. It's a feeling basis. The sense of self. It's you sensing you. It's feeling. It's not in the mind. Because if you don't have your mind, your mind can be taken from you, manipulated, and convinced to pick up a gun and blow your own brains up. And you'll do that happily. That's how weak and fragile your mind is. So your sense of self is going to be more so in your intuitive feminine aspects of your beingness. Because life is feminine. Spirit is masculine. The I am in you is the masculine. It's the father energy. Whereas life, everything that lives and breathes and grows and moves and dances and sings and orgasms, all of that, that's all the femininity. That's all the, the, the nectar of life, you can say. The fuel of life. I completely forget your question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just talking about this, yeah, the, the self. If it's something that you think it's, uh, that dies with the body um, or if that this a, feeling a part of, of it. A part, a part of, of it, yeah. But the, see, the, the sense that dies with the body is just the experience of this life. That's the part that dies with the body. But the understanding, the lessons that you've come to, the karmic engagements that you processed yourself through from a spiritual aspect, they all come with you, with spirit. Because it's, the body is feminine. And what animates and moves the body is the fact that spirit is there with it. Just like male, the spirit comes in contact with woman, the female, and he's penetrating her with spirit, and the female is receptive to spirit, to life, taking it in, so she can be more of life, so she can stay alive, so she can stay functional, so she can stay beautiful and, and full of love. This is so relating is supposed to be working between men and women if it's being done from a conscious standpoint. So you can look at the male and female from the most physical form, or you can look at the male and female from the most esoteric, 
uh, ethereal cosmic form, but it's always the same. And that's what's so beautiful about it. It's so consistent. There is no room for bullshit. So when you die to answer your question completely directly, does your sense of self leave with it? Your body perishes. So a part of that experience obviously goes with it. But you being able to feel yourself and everything I'm talking about with regards to coming back to your body and, and your authenticity and spending time with yourself and being idle, this is to be able to feel spirit with you, as you, so you can deepen your connection to that. So even the process of living and dying, the line is very blurred. Mm. You know, a lot of the times when I do the work that I'm doing with people, I, I cease to exist when I get to certain points internally, points where I feel like I'm already dead, just to go into something a bit deeper. But what I'm sharing this for is because that line between living physically and and spiritually from a cosmic place, the line gets very blurred the deeper you get into this, the deeper you get into knowing yourself. Mm. Uh, That's deep. That's why I wanted to pull back on it a little bit because <laughs> I, I don't want I don't want people to to kind of run away from it. <laughs> That's really deep, but uh, I like it. It's but I can't really grasp it because I haven't had that experience. But uh, sounds cool. <laughs> well, you you are that experience. Every moment of your life, you are that experience. Your journey needs to be how the fuck am I distracting myself from feeling and knowing that you see everything that everyone is looking for you are it and it's happening with you right now you've just become very very proficient at being tense being unconscious being distracted spirituality and growth is not about trying to get something outside of yourself in order to complete yourself or figure yourself out that's how people throw away their entire lives to self-development and, and self-growth they never even touched on their self it's realizing that there's nothing that you need to do other than learn how to stop the distraction and fall back into yourself the way you are right now in this exact moment. Everything is there for you right now. So I just wanted to confirm that, and I'm glad that you brought up that little excuse because um, it allowed me to, to clarify that a bit. So thank you. Thank you. Um, cool. Well, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I have something that I, I feel very lucky about is that I have music because it's something that has always fulfilled me a lot. Um, but I have friends and people that keep telling me that life is meaningless or that it, yeah, it just feels hopeless to even be alive. And uh, I, I think I would feel the same way if I wouldn't have music. So I'm, I'm thinking, 
do you think that you need to have something like that that you are have like a fire for uh, to to feel that sense of meaning or do you think you can just get it from simply being and doing nothing when you say simply being and doing nothing they're both kind of different things externally oh, it looks like you're doing nothing I always look like I'm doing a whole lot of nothing. Even the energy work, I'll sit down next to someone and I might close my eyes or I might look at them up and down and suddenly they start to go into release or orgasm and it's like, you're doing nothing. It's like, no, I'm being with the person, but I'm doing a lot internally. So I just wanted to make that distinction that in order to be, you need to continuously recalibrate yourself to not get caught in distraction or wander into your mind and all these different things um do i feel that somebody needs something yeah they they need a sense of themselves they need to be able to feel themselves they need to be able to feel their own joy their own pleasure their own bliss their own purposefulness in what they're doing and i don't mean that in terms of just a job because a job has very little to do with your purposefulness. I mean, can you pick up a glass of water purposefully and drink it? Can you put one foot in front of the other purposefully? Can you let the next word that falls out of your mouth fall out of your mouth purposefully? For a man, can you completely be uncompromising, clear, and in ownership of your maleness, purposefully because this will clear depression this will clear anxiety this will clear anything in the man that is unlike the man for a woman can she be totally purposefully in her heart in her lovingness in her unconditionality in her ability to feel everything that she feels in her body in a way where she's not attempting to perform or exaggerate it, or turn on tears, or to manipulate someone with her sexuality, or her body, or her prettiness. You see, we cause the damage onto ourselves by how we treat ourselves. Being passionate and having a flair. Music is wonderful because music for you is feminine. And for you, that music for you is nourishing a part of your uh, beingness as a male that keeps you attentive and engaged with your own mission in your life as a man it stops you from kind of falling back into that deadness Hmm. but you can find that in anything realistically it's coming down to how you're treating yourself and because no one has been spoken to clearly from an intelligence standpoint, how you need to deal with yourself in order to bring yourself to the surface. That's why people are struggling with not feeling like they have direction and purpose in their life. They are their purpose in their life to be in life. Life is the purpose. Living is the purpose in life. It's not the 15-minute TED Talk that tells you how to find your purpose in five minutes or less has nothing to do with it. And there's been so much pressure placed on people to know what you want to do, know what you're about, commit to the partner, commit to the house, commit to the tax, commit to the business, commit to the family. 
and it forces us as individuals into situations that are going to strangle the life force out of us. And many people listening to this right now will already be very far down that line where they're already in that dynamic and their whole life is surrounded by that. But it's never too late, ever. As long as you're breathing, it's not too late. But it always will start with, as I said at the beginning, being aware of your situation and where you're at, getting real with yourself, and then being endlessly loving and patient and supportive with yourself. And if you, if you need to steer me back to, to answer something more directly, please do, because I have a habit always just <laughs> completely drifting off into the points that I'm making, but that's just how I work. Yeah. Maybe just to, to make, uh, we have the expression to tie the bag together or whatever. Um, what, uh, when you feel a sense of uh, hopelessness, uh, or yeah, you, you can't find any meaning, uh, like a, a simple advice just for someone to start, would that be to, to kind of like drop everything or to just, and to go back into the body as, or, It would be to drop everything that does not feel joyful and, and, and beautiful to them and go as deeply into their hopelessness and despair as they have the ability at this moment in time to do. Because you see, if they never feel the depths of it and the reality of it, they'll never actually be able to tr transcend through it. The books and the pills and, and all of this stuff will never do anything for anybody really, other than keeping them numb and dumb and just kind of coping with it. You see, in the, in the most deepest forms of, of a person's pain and, and suffering, If you can really stay present with it as you let it get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in you, breathing into it, letting it expand in you and well up in you, you'll start to feel so much pleasure and lovingness rolling through you as you start to release your tears, your screams, your, your sadness, just because you start to externalize yourself. We're really not encouraged to speak up in our lives. We're really not encouraged to, to be loud, to be externalizing, to be allowing our energy move the way it wants to move. If you look at a child, they're doing it every second of every day. Children are deeply orgasmic in the way that they just run around all day, <laughs> screaming just for no reason, <laughs> just banging a wall. Why are you doing that? The adult wants to know. <laughs> Why are you doing that thing? It makes no sense to me. The child is looking at you like, you're crazy. What do you mean it makes no sense? It feels good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if someone can allow their, their, that childishness to, to support them, and when I say childishness, I don't mean that in a sense of the gullibleness and the, 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 that level of lacking of intelligence that a child has as they're developing. I mean just going into the freedom of their expression just that will completely change a person's life hmm. it's simple it's always simple 
the answer to these problems is so simple. But yeah. it's not supported. People want to know the complex. It's like, just let it out. But I don't know how to. How do I let it out? That's your mind asking me that question. Your mind doesn't know how to let it out. And if I give your mind how I think you should let it out, your mind will get in the way of it. Feel what you feel right now as you feel it and commit yourself totally to that feeling without seeing it as negative or positive, without calling it depression or sadness, without calling it happiness or anger. Can you feel the reality of what you're feeling without placing any mind onto it? As soon as you can come to that place in your life, your life will be fucking free. I was vomiting my, my guts out. <laughs> about two nights ago because I just arrived in Mexico and I have Mexico belly, which is the initiation of Mexico. Um, everyone has to feel it. And as I was going through this deeply overwhelming, painful, and what could be seen as a horrendous experience from a physical standpoint, I was being as deeply in the pleasure of it as I could. I was laughing and crying simultaneously as I was going through it because I was choosing to accept the feeling as a gift because I can feel it. It's not good, it's not bad. As soon as we label our experience, we ruin our lives. That's a good quote. <laughs> but it's, it's so totally true. It's so totally true. We need to be able to be here, as I said, connected to reality. This is what I mean when I say being real. Not projecting your own mind onto situations that are in no way what your mind is calling it. Energy follows thought. As soon as you call what you feel, depression or anxiety, you know, congratulations, you're just creating more of it. You're committing to it. That's why, for me, psychiatrists, and, and I've worked with a lot of people who went to therapy and counseling, and for the most part, it is very limited in how it can help an individual because it really just serves the, to solidify all of their deeply committed to negativities in their, in their mind and in their body and in their life. Whereas someone can just come to me and lay down and I open up the energy and it flows through the body and then they're free. Something that 10 years of sitting down and talking about it will never achieve. That's just the reality of it. And I've seen miraculous situations happen because of how simple and how powerful life is designed. Once the energy opens, once the body opens, once the trauma starts to come out, it doesn't need to be engaged with from a mental standpoint. This is why I keep directing the person back to feeling. Because just in feeling, you'll start to quieten your mind. Yeah. Um, so that was a long, uh, yeah, a lot of information. 
and I was something I got stuck on in the beginning of this uh, talk was uh, uh, that you should drop everything and then start doing something that feels right. But uh, most people have to like go to a job that they may not like um, at least a couple of days a week to get to get money to pay for rent. Uh, and it's sometimes it can be hard to just do things that you enjoy 24 seven because you need to, yeah, to make money to survive. Mm -hmm. So if you have to go to a job that isn't super fun, is there a way to maybe deal with it in a more healthy way than going there and being, Oh my God, I'm going to this super sucky job or <laughs> I don't know. What I'd say is use it as an opportunity to evolve and know more of yourself. Use the fact that you feel, to quote you, the suckiness internally when you're in the workplace. Use that opportunity to, to be more present, to feel into it more. I mean, speaking from a practical and logistical standpoint here, I can only really relay my experience when it comes to things like that. My experience has always been if there's something I don't like, I physically cannot do it. So I've been in workplaces previously in my life before I really got into doing the type of work that I was doing internally or that I do internally. And I would find myself having to do these jobs. I would do the job knowing that this is being done for the greater good of me moving into something that is of higher purpose for me. That is something I actually want to be doing. Now, what I mean by that is I would be working a job that I wouldn't necessarily like, wouldn't make me feel good, but I did it. Again, how I did it, I, I was just blackout drunk in those early days. <laughs> I, I would just be blackout drunk doing that work that I had to do that I didn't like. I'm not telling anyone to do this, by the way, but because of how utterly how utterly painful it was for me to do something that my nature did not like to do. I had to numb myself to do it. No, this isn't just me because you see this in every workplace. You see people drinking the coffee and taking the cocaine and smoking the weed and, and drinking the alcohol on the weekends or every night of the week, numbing the fact that Life is tough. What I'll say to people is that please have something on the side where you can engage with your joy, where you can engage with something that makes you feel good. If you don't know what that is, go out and play with life and figure that out. That's a lot of what life is about, playing with it, experimenting with it, figuring out. People are desperately terrified of not having the answer and the perfect outcome before taking on the action you got to get rid of that because that's not real to life you need to go out and make mistakes that's the only way you can learn about yourself and what fits you the worst thing you can do is stay in with your pros and cons list and sit down and try and work it all out with a pen and paper you're stealing yourself of the experience which is the intelligence which is the value in your life Play with it. Stop taking your life so seriously. 
So while you're doing the job that you right now tell yourself, because again, it's a choice, you know, you can just live on a beach or be homeless if you want. Everything is relative to your experience. Do the job that you tell yourself that you need to do to be where you're at, to pay rent or to eat the food that you want to eat or to live where you live. If that's what you commit to do that, but on the side, be engaging with something joyous because that will bring you closer and closer to yourself. And from that place, abundance will naturally start to flow to you. That's what happened in the work that I did. In the beginning, when I was hustling and working hard, it was hard. My abundance financially was low. Everything was limited. No, I don't work. I do what I want to do in the way that I want to do it. And I have people there that assist me who, you know, set up my appointments and do great work for me. And I don't work. I just get to have conversations with people and, and be with people energetically and abundance financially from my place of joy. Everything is, is huge now because I'm not trying. I'm not pushing against life. But this is a process. <laughs> I need to, you know, I need to be very clear on that. Because I might make it sound easy when I talk like that. It's not easy, but it's simple. Hmm. And please question me deeper on if, if you feel you need to. Yeah, I feel like I'm looking at some of the questions I wrote and you've basically answered all of them <laughs> with, with, uh, with, with all what you have told me. But I have like uh, one more that I think you can elaborate on, which is uh, a little bit of a different subject. And, and that is something that I, I have a hard time dealing with. And that is unrequited love when you meet a person for me, a woman that, um, that you truly love or that you feel like, oh my God, this woman is amazing and and you don't feel like you want to be with anybody else and then she might not want to have a, a relationship with you or she doesn't feel the same. And then uh, you still maybe have to see her at the workplace or when you're out in the city and you, you can't really uh, get her out of your life. So you have to deal with facing her even though you know you... What, what, let, me, let me ask you. Yeah. Why would you want to get something or somebody out of your life that you feel lovingness towards? Because that person doesn't want anything to do with you, so you really but, but, have no choice. Yeah, but why does that have an impact on your lovingness for that person? Um, I guess it's, it's hard to not... Uh, uh, to stay like like that the person doesn't want you to be with them so you out of respect you want to stay away from them i guess well that's not being respect because if you're if you're really being there in lovingness from an unconditional standpoint there's no person in history that's going to want you to not be there around them she might she might not be interested in being physically intimate with you or being with you in, in other ways based on what she's going through in her own life. But nobody can actually refuse love because you're the thing that's bringing it. That's your choice. 
you see, this is a childish thing. This is the child sitting down and there's a child in front of him and one child is playing with a car, a toy car, and he throws it away and doesn't want it anymore and he picks up something else. And then he sees the other child pick up the, the car toy that he was playing with and now all of a sudden he wants it back because he doesn't want the other person playing with it. You want to get rid of this person in your life because they, you feel as though they don't want you and because you can't have her in the way that you need to have her for you to be happy in your life, you want to just completely push her away. So you don't even have to know she exists anymore because if you know she exists and if she's walking around you, you got to be aware of the things in you that are needing that because it starts to mirror back to you just how just how, how little of yourself you actually have because it magnifies that is is this making sense to you the way I'm verbalizing yeah yeah it really is because uh, you know, if you get rid of her then it stops being a problem but it's wonderful because you should keep this person around you as much as possible she's helping me facing face myself like she she's forcing me to to meet what i don't want to meet exactly so she's doing Uh, and this is why she cannot be with you she's doing me a favor really she's doing you a favor but she can't be with you based on how you're relating with yourself and her uh, it's too much pressure on somebody else when all, all of your life and your happiness depend on them being with you. That's a lot of pressure for someone who themselves is struggling with their own relationship to self. God, you really hit the nail on that one. Wow. Well, you showed me the nail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're screaming the nail. Right? It's not hard to hit it. Uh, <laughs> All right, wow. But see, the reason it's easy is because this is common relating. This is, this is what relationships are in the 21st century in, in a huge way. A person needs the other person in order to experience their life better, happier, more fulfilled. That is the thinnest ice that you can ever be walking on as a human. Because now you're subject and completely dependent on another person for your happiness. That is dangerous. So you got to keep this beautiful woman around you so you can do your work as a man, so you can gain some sovereignty and learn to actually connect to the lovingness for yourself. So you can unapologetically, whenever she walks around you, you, it doesn't even have to be reciprocated. I don't give a shit if someone wants what I'm bringing. I'm bringing what I'm bringing. If they refuse to have it, then she needs to stand up and walk out of the room. But I'm never going to turn myself down. You need to be able to come to a place in you where you can see her moving around you in your life and you can be totally present and aware with her and totally patient and totally loving for just the appreciation for what you feel in yourself as a man when you're in her presence and let it be felt and say, I'm not looking for anything for it. I just want to share it with you. That is something she can open to 
that is something she can bring her love to. That is something she'll really benefit from being around. And you just may find that she may want to start being with you in a different way from that point. That's ironic. (laughs) Very ironic. So, but that's the funny thing is most people, when you ask like friends or even family, like, oh, I'm I'm in love with this girl. She doesn't want me anymore. What should I do? And people are like, oh yeah, stop following her on all social medias. Don't talk to her. Just get away from her because that's how you get over her. Because... Because people are idiots. <laughs> not, not because they're naturally idiots, but because of the information we're fed from media, we just we get very dumb. I always tell people, like, stop listening to your friends. <laughs> because if you're in this place and these people are your friends, you're all resonating pretty similar. So they're just going to shovel your shit back on top of you. I deal with so many women who come to me having, in quotation marks, you know, guy problems. And they say they sit down with their girlfriends and the girlfriend, you know, you should listen to that guy or you should play hard to get her. And they give this dating advice that completely turns the woman deeper into this state of internal perpetual retardedness energetically. Where she doesn't even know how to function as a woman anymore. And the same for a man. There's nothing that we need to support in this as magnificence. We need to start calling it out for what it is. We need to start seeing the deep levels of unintelligence and deep levels of childishness that are being just tossed around and shared. And as a man, Jesper, you are totally responsible for that. Because as a male, your energy, you're here for clarity. You're here to be directing things. So you've got to get clear in yourself. You've got to be able to direct yourself so you can bring that quality to the feminine aspects of life. Feels good. I hope it feels good, but I, I hope you actually, you know, do something with it. Yeah, I mean, that's the I thing. Mean, it's, and feels good. <laughs> yeah, it feels great, man. <laughs> No, but that's the thing. As I said when we started this this uh, podcast, I I've been listening to you for like a year. But I'm a super super skeptical person, so I'm always like, yeah. I mean, it's talking about feminine masculine energy, talking about being in the body. I don't I don't really know. I I'm just keep questioning it every single time. Um, but then now when I talk to you, like it, it's the same thing every time when I start talking to you, I feel a little bit drained a little bit tired and then in the, at the end of the conversation i just feel great or alive and I, oh, i'm gonna go and be in my body now <laughs> but, but then i keep you know it's very easy to get to the to the old habits again yeah but listen i'm not here to follow you around and hold your hand no and that's I'm actually just- <laughs> my 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 last question is exactly that like uh, that my mind was enjoying write, writing these questions and do you think it can be dangerous or addictive to search so many answers from somebody else than yourself initially well it depends who you're speaking with a lot of people are looking for answers from very dangerous people and they're just sharing idiocy and then it really affects the people's lives who listen to that individual 
at the beginning, it's essential, I feel, to have some level of pointing to. Someone needs to see your shit if you can't see it. Someone needs to be able to illuminate the parts of you that you may not have been able to make contact with. Um, but from that point, it's totally up to you to caretake yourself, to maintain yourself, to look after your garden. You know, eventually, from the beginning, the landscaper can come in and I can pull out all the weeds for you and I can pull out the big messy stuff and point you and tell you all the places where there's kind of poop everywhere and stuff that needs your attention. But I have no desire to spend all my time with you pointing you there because, you know, I have my life to do. And that's what I got to do for me in my life. And I'm here to help other people, but I would never want to take the greatest gift from you by taking on that responsibility and taking it out of your hands because that responsibility is going to be in direct correlation with your own self-knowing, with your own self-lovingness, with your relationship to yourself. You need to learn how to take care of yourself. And it's easy to go, fuck it, I've been good this week. Cheat meal. This is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard. How can you be that idiotic? Oh, I've done such good stuff this week. I've been so disciplined that, you know what? I'm going to shoot myself in the face just once. That's dumb. That's a cop-out. That's you consciously choosing to do harm onto yourself and convince yourself you're doing well. <laughs> no, that's a, that's, that's, a deep, that's a deep malfunction. That's like saying, I'm going to cuddle this child every day, but on Fridays, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Just because it's Friday, but the rest of the time, I'm going to love you. You should never want to do harm unto yourself when you're aware of what you're doing is making issues for you. That is the epitome of complete lack of intelligence and idioticness. Doing something that you know is not good for you, but you give in to your addictiveness. As you can tell, <laughs> I'm not here to be soft in a way where I'm coddling the bullshit on people because that is what, that is what spirituality has become is so much coddling and people have gotten very confused about what spirituality actually is and what it truly means to be here spiritually, which is what we all are. It's become trendy and hip and cool to be spiritual to have soul sisters and to do whatever else you want to get caught up in. But at the end of the day, none of that shit matters. All that matters is how are you sitting in yourself in your own life and how do you treat yourself? Because that is going to impact how you treat everybody else and the planet around you. And it's an ongoing process.
So I'd like to just leave people with that kind of call to action, call to self-love, call to the reality. You don't need a ritual for anything. You are your ritual. You are your self-help book. You are your workshop. You are your life coach. You're all of that. You should not need me. I'm here and totally available to anybody who needs to be illuminated or needs an experience that they cannot access themselves at this point. But from that point on, I really, really want the person to be good to themselves. Nothing about this is complicated. But it's the most simple stuff that is the most challenging because there's no room for distraction. So on that note, unless you have any more questions, um, I think it's good to finish up. I need to have some food because I have an energy session um, with a woman I need to start in an hour. So. Yeah, I feel satisfied <laughs> with all the answers and I don't no, I don't have any more questions thank you for answering them and I hope the listeners enjoyed the questions yeah thank you so much for for coming on and, and conducting a great interview um, the questions were awesome and, and I love it because it allowed you to pull stuff from me that I wouldn't have talked about Um, and I really like being able to feel the other person on the other end responding so I kind of know what way to take it and what's needed. So for that reason, I, I love this this system. Um, so just reaching out to other people as well, if anyone, male or female, would like to come on and ask me some questions for you or for other people, it really doesn't matter. Um, I think it's a really cool platform and I enjoyed it and I hope people got something from it. So thank you. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoy communicating with you. Same. All right, Jesper. Awesome. So any parting words or anything you'd like to finish up on or is that it? Um, I don't Maybe just, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I think you, you should sum it up with anyone, but uh, what I've learned and what I'm trying to do is to, to uh yeah to just gain the courage to to be in your body because it's i have moments in life that goes up and down it's it's when i feel the best even if i'm in a if i have anxiety when i feel the best uh, like on a deep level is when i'm just facing everything everything and not distracting myself so mm -hmm. just to try to have the courage to do that i guess all right well you know that's that's yours So do something with it. Yes. All right. Great. So um, thank you to everybody for listening. As always, I haven't gotten to your specific questions this week. Um, keep sending them in because there, there is a backlog starting to arrive and I'll be getting into them as the weeks go on. And it's essential because if I don't see any engagement there, then I'm too lazy to, <laughs> to do this. So it's important that I see that engagement. Um, and yeah, Jesper, you're, you're welcome to hop on again in a few weeks. I'm sure everyone enjoyed your questioning and 
you being here as well. So you're welcome to come back if you have anything you want to bring up and go into again. Yeah, it would be interesting to come back, like to really go uh, to try to apply what you said in this podcast and see if anything has changed in a, in a month or two. Yes, um, great. And also I want to say to people that if you feel that this this episode is going to help anybody or somebody can benefit from it even if they're totally closed to to you know specific ways of understanding just send it to them anyway um the power of of the internet and technology you know we need to use it so just send it lovingly and allow it to reach people and let them do with it what they will it will be confronting to a lot of people. It always is. And that's that's the most beautiful part of it. It has to be confronting um, because that's what the truth does. And that's what the truth actually saves people's lives. Um, and by saving your own life, you can totally be a part of saving the life of somebody else. And I mean that in the most immediate way and also in the most expansive way. So until next week, thank you for tuning in and yeah, speak soon. Thank you, Jesper. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thanks.